Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you today. It's a gorgeous day out there. It's been beautiful these last couple of days, and I know we need the rain, but man, do I like the sun. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it's good to see you today, and it's good to be with you. And yeah, I, I just wanted to, Rachel's not in the room, but I wanted to let her know I'll be there Tuesday, and uh, hopefully you can make it too, uh, at least occasionally, would be awesome. How many, how many of you know that we are, to be, we are called to people of prayer? God's house should be a house of prayer. And uh, so if it at all possible for you to, to make it out, we encourage you to do that. Also, one other thing about the Butte Rescue Mission, the compassion uh, season that we're in with that, we uh, didn't get it in our announcement, but we do have yard signs available. If you'd like to grab one of those on your way out, I think they're at each door, and uh, you can just take one of those signs. They have these nicely made-up signs that you can just kind of post in your yard to kind of remind all your neighbors and friends and people driving by uh, to be compassionate, and it's a great uh, testimony, so we encourage you to grab one of those. I also want to say that it's great to have with us uh, uh, Gary and Laura Swant's daughter and son-in-law and their two daughters, Cassie and John, and it's good to see you and great to have you. They are on sabbatical, so don't bother them, but uh, they pastor a church over in uh, Billings, and it's great to have you with us today here in the house of God. Amen. All right, let's get our Bibles out and get them open to John chapter 14. Today we are beginning a series. It's a DIY series on discipleship. Do-it-yourself discipleship. And uh, DIY, as you all know, has been the rage over the last many years. And the rise of things like Home Depot and Lowe's and YouTube channels and Google searches. If you want to know anything about anything, you can look it up for yourself. And if you want to learn how to build something, make something, repair something, you can go look it up yourself and watch it right there. In fact, let me give you a quick illustration. Uh, the other night, about 20 of us, I think was, men and women gathered to uh, put up our tent that we bought, a 50 by 100 tent that we uh, were out here, and we were putting it together, and though we didn't know if we were doing everything just right, so Mark Ryan YouTubed it, and there was on there how to put up our tent that we bought, and he said, we're doing it wrong. Never follow the directions. And so we were doing it ourselves, building this tent, and we needed to learn how to do it. And it was helpful to see how to do it. Not just to read about it, but to watch it be done. And uh, over this summertime, I want us to go back through a discipleship course, if you will, but not like a class, not just in a classroom, but listening to and looking at the life of Jesus to see how Christianity looks, to see how Christianity responds, to see how Christianity steps up even in the midst of darkness. 
and that we are true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to listen to him. We're going to learn of him. And then we're going to live him. And so this is the do-it-yourself discipleship summer. Now what I mean by do-it-yourself, I don't mean that you just do it your way and however you want. But it really to do what Jesus did, his way, and what he wants, that we can, you can do it. You can be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want to talk about this, and I want to begin in John chapter 14. Today's title of this message today is Discipleship Essentials. And so I want us to look, for starters, at John chapter 14, and I'm going to pick up with verse 10. So if you have your Bibles, you can open it there. The words will come up on the screen. Jesus says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Stop right there. So notice what Jesus is saying in these opening words. He says, whatever you're seeing me do, I'm doing it because the Father is doing it, and the Father has put it in me. I'm living out the Father in the earth. Everything I say and the works that I do come from this vital connection and this impartation from the Father's heart to me, through me, into this broken world. We got that, right? That's what Jesus is saying. So then he goes on, and these are very provocative words. Listen to what he says. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And if you go back to verse 12, Notice those words again, most assuredly, truly, truly, verily I say unto you, this is really important, listen to what I'm saying. That's what verse 12 means. Most assuredly, he says, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. That's discipleship. Thank you for that lone amen out there. What I do, you're going to do. That's discipleship. Jesus said, and greater works because I go to the Father. And so I'm going to come back to this little passage here in in a little bit. But let's pray and ask God to touch us in these next few moments. Lord, we invite you now to open up your heart and your word, and your will to every one of us. I pray today that this will mark the beginning of stepping into a season of deeper discipleship. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in and around our lives. But God, we need to get more grounded. 
We don't need less of you now. We need more of you now. And so, Holy Spirit, have your way in these next moments through your word, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. I can almost hear someone out there saying, I don't want to do discipleship. I don't want to do a discipleship course this summer. And I think the reason why we might be thinking things like that is that we look at discipleship as kind of the lower rungs of the spiritual ladder. Like, it's the basics of Christianity, and we're more advanced than that. And we want, we want the deeper things of God. Well, discipleship is the basics of Christianity on one hand, but it is also the process whereby I become more like Jesus on the other hand. And I don't know how you can get more important or at a deeper place if you're getting more of Jesus if you're becoming more like Jesus in your life. And so what we need today is we really need to double down on our discipleship. We need to go to a deeper place in our commitment and our walk with the Lord. That's what we need in this. And I was thinking about this whole idea and the struggle because I, when you're preparing messages or you, you get a direction of the Lord, you almost take it from the devil's advocate, like why you shouldn't preach about this or why you shouldn't approach this subject. And you come up with all these things that people might be thinking, maybe because you think them. And uh, so, but I, I was reminded of a verse of scripture where Paul said uh, in Acts chapter 14, verse 22, he went back to the churches, and here's what it said that he wanted to do. He went back to the churches to strengthen the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, saying, we must go through many tribulations to enter the kingdom of God. So what did Paul do when the church was going through tribulation, when it was going through a pandemic, when it was going through trial, when it was going through hardship, what did he do? He went back to strengthen the church as disciples, to strengthen the souls of the disciples, to get them stronger in their faith and in their walk and in their commitment to Christ. And if they needed it then, we need it today. Now is not the time to renounce who we really are in Jesus Christ. Now is not the time to resign our position. Now is not the time to retreat from our work. I don't care if it is summer. We don't take a hiatus from Jesus. We don't take time off from the will of God and the purpose of God. We need to get stronger in our discipleship. People are coming into the kingdom, by the way. People are coming into the church. People are coming into the kingdom. They're coming into this church. Many of you I don't even know. But the main thing that everybody needs to know is that we are called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to go here. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, we're going here whether you like it or not. So at... Over the last year, there's been a lot of talk about what are essentials. And I just want you to know that disciples are essential. And that's who you are in Jesus. And so today we're going to look and listen to Jesus and what he says about 
discipleship, the essentials of discipleship. And I'm not going to exhaust this subject, but I'm going to touch on quite a few things. So are you ready to go? We've got to kick it into gear right now. So the number one essential that I want to talk about, I have three of them I'm going to share today. Essential number one is that a disciple is totally devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. Total devotion to Jesus first. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 27, it says here in the Bible, it says, Now a great multitude began to follow Jesus, and he turned and he said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And then he goes on in verse 33 and he says, So likewise, whoever does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Listen to those words. Those are words of Jesus. Those are not words of a preacher filling in his own terminology. Those words come from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And there are three cannot be statements that Jesus makes. Unless He says, if you do not love me more than everything else and everyone else in your life, you cannot be my disciple. If you don't pick up your cross daily and follow me, dying to yourself, you cannot be my disciple. If you're not willing to forsake everything, everything for me, you cannot be my disciple. Jesus said those words. You know what Jesus is telling us? He's saying that there that I am to be in your life greater than anything and anyone else. Period. That's true discipleship. I must be greater in your life than your husband, your wife, your children, your government, your father, your mother, your money, your cars, your pleasure. If I'm not greater than all those other things, I'm not your master and I'm not your Lord. And you cannot be. Listen, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. He said, you cannot be my disciple. I don't share the throne with any other thing. I sit on the throne. I rule from the throne. I'm the king of the throne. That means you're not, neither are your children, neither are your pleasures. What a way to start the summer. (laughs) Is it summertime yet? He says here, very provocative words. Unless you hate your mother and your father, your sister and your brothers and your children, unless you hate innocent. Man, what is he saying? Calling me to hate. Of course he's not calling us. But he is using 
hyperbolic terminology to make a very important point. That all other loves and all other important people in your life, your desire, your love, and your admiration of them must pale in comparison to your love and your devotion to me. That's what he's saying. I don't, don't ever get it wrong. You've got you to make sure that I am at the center of your heart's devotion. That you are totally devoted to me. Amen. And this is where, this is so important for us because even we in the church lose our heart devotion for Jesus. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? Even we in the church can lose. Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, here's the one thing. This is what he rebuked of them. Here's the one thing that he said, I had to say about you. You have forsaken your first love. John the Beloved, one of Jesus' disciples, at the very end of his first epistle said, Keep away from idols. What is an idol? Anything that comes between you and God. Anything. Anyone can become an idol where you begin to focus your attention on that and you begin to love that more. Paul said in the last days, men will become lovers of their pleasure more than they love God. I want to remind us here today that love is a choice. And this idea that you don't, that you fall in and out of love like the movies portray, that's not how it works. You're choosing, you're making choices that pull your love away from the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're starting to love other things. And you can make a choice to love Jesus again. And how do you do that? You open the door. He's, on the, he's at the door of your heart every day of your life, knocking on the door saying, let me in. I want intimacy with you. I want closeness with you. You're letting all kinds of people and things and pleasures and problems get in the way, and it's become an idol. Jesus said, Jesus said, love me more. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. Amen. Jesus said, bear your cross. Die every day to yourself. I want to tell you something. There's no greater thing than to become a Christian, but don't get it wrong. Get ready for problems. Get ready. You think the devil came at you before. Amen. You know what Jesus said this life is like? It's like carrying a cross. What's a cross? It's a symbol of death. What's that mean? You have to die to yourself. You have to die to yourself. Jesus said, it's like a cost to walk with me. If you're going to be totally devoted to me, you need to realize that you're going to have to deny yourself. And there's a cost in that. There's a cost to it. It's going to require you to lay down your life 
so that you can go all the way with me. Amen. Anybody, any takers in the room for to be in a disciple of Jesus? Maybe by the end, it'll be 100%. Forsaking all means that we renounce all things for the sake of Christ. To answer the call of Jesus on, on our life may take you places that you wouldn't have normally gone to. It may mean that you're going to have to lay down something here to go there. But if you're going to go with Jesus, you've got to be willing to forsake all. Jesus isn't a weekend experience. He's an everyday, lifelong journey. And every day we got to lay things aside, pull them out of our pockets and lay them down and be willing to say, that thing is not going to weigh me down or hold me back or keep me from. Amen. So, essential number one to being a disciple of Jesus Christ is to be totally devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Number two, it is also means that we are being trained in the disciplines of Christ. Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verse 40, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will become like his teacher. Everybody say fully trained. We become like who we are really following. Amen. We become like the one we are following. And the goal of the Lord Jesus Christ as our teacher, as our master, is to fully train us. Now that word fully trained is the Greek word katarizdo. And it's the same word that in other places of the Bible means to be made complete or to be perfected or to be equipped. And the word was used, it was a medical term that was often used to mend or to repair. Like in some cases they used it in mending nets. In other places Physicians used it in resetting a broken bone. You see, when Jesus came into this world to die for our sins, he not only came to redeem us by forgiving us of our sins, but he came to restore us to God's original intention for our life. So he came not only to shed his blood so that I could be forgiven, so that I could know that I can go to heaven, but he came to impart his life into me and to show me how to live life his way for his glory, which brings out God's eternal destiny for me as a person. But I need to be trained and I need to be retrained on how to live life the right way. 
And that's what discipleship is. On the one hand, discipleship means I have to get my priorities in order and I need to set Jesus always before me. And, and loving the Lord and serving the Lord and, and going after him with all my heart. But on the other hand, I need to look at Jesus, I need to listen to Jesus, and I need to walk like Jesus. Following his pattern, amen. This is discipleship. This is what it means. He came to reset the broken areas of our life, to show us how to live life. And I just want to remind us here today that discipleship is a process of following after the disciplines of the Lord. Discipline in our life. How many of you know that sometimes we need discipline? And I don't mean necessarily a beating, but we need God behavior to be reestablished in our hearts. And just like you teach your children, and, and I mean by this, you discipline them by teaching them what to do and what not to do. And at first, they just know that it's hot, let's say. You just don't want them to get burned. But they don't always know the why. You're just trying to protect them. And that's what discipline often is. It's setting us our lives in a, in a direction that the Lord's saying, just do this. Just do it like this. If you'll establish these disciplines in your life, this will go better for you. But we're like, why? Why? I, that's, in, that's in my way. I don't want to do that. that that's, not what, that's not what makes me feel free and full and have fun in life. Well, do you want to live or do you want to die? Do you want to be successful or do you want to experience continual failure? What are you after? Look to Jesus. See, Jesus is trying to get through to us. Look to Jesus. Listen to what he says. Follow his pattern. Discipline your life after Jesus. So, let's just take a moment and talk about some of the disciplines of the Lord. Can we do that? I got time if you got time. No. To be trained in the disciplines of Christ, first of all, we need to die. I'm, I, these notes are not going to come up there, but I will have scriptures. We need to die to self daily. Jesus said, Luke 9, 23, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. You know what that means? That every day your feet hit the floor. You remind yourself that you are not your own, that you were bought with a price. And your soul and your body and your spirit are God's. And that every day of your life, you submit your heart, your day, your way to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he did for you and me. Jesus submitted himself to living in this life. And he went all the way to the cross and he died for us so that we could have life. So that we wouldn't have to die for our own sins. So if that's what he did for me, for him, this is what I do. I die to myself. Every day. And I remind myself that I am not my own. 
but that I was bought with a price. Amen. Come on, smile at me. I feel like some of you are upset or something. Also, here's another discipline. We need to confess Christ publicly. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 33, But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. There are to be no undercover disciples. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the world ought to know. Come on. And you know what you have to do to do this? You have to say it. And then you have to live it. In fact, you should live it before you say it. But Jesus, if he's really the Lord of your life, the world needs to know. And so you confess Christ publicly. This should be a discipline in our life. That we're not hiding anything. We're not trying to act better than anybody. We're not going around tooting our own horn, but rather we're trying to let the world know that we, that we, we really need to get to that place where we are confessing the Lord Jesus Christ openly and without fear and without hesitation. Jesus said, if you will openly declare me, I'm going to openly declare you. Amen. No undercover disciples. No secret, no secret saints. Everybody out in the open. Amen. We need to study the scriptures carefully. What, what made Jesus so successful in the midst of temptation was his knowledge of the word of God. He was able to say in the heat of the moment, listen, he was able to say, it is written. Can we? Can you? See, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be like Jesus, who studied the scriptures. And he knew them. He read them. He understood them. He appropriated them. He went after them. He never got to the place where he thought, I've got all that I, have, that I need. I've heard all that I've ever need to hear. I've heard it all. No, he was always pursuing the scriptures. But here's the reality in the culture in which we live. Most Christians don't read the Bible. I'm not talking about people in the world. I'm talking about people in the church. And the numbers are alarming. And on top of that, we're coming to church less. <laughs> of course, not you. You're always here, but, but it's those other people. No. You need the word for yourself every day. You need to crack your Bible every day. Every day. Study the scriptures carefully. Die daily, confess publicly.
publicly. Study the scriptures carefully. How about this one? Worship regularly. Luke chapter 4 verse 16 says, So Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood to read. Notice the words, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went into the synagogue, which is a foreshadowing, a a foretype of the coming church in the Jewish culture. So it was his custom to worship at the synagogue, together with the saints, to, to devote himself to the word, to be a part of a larger community. Because he knew who his father was and he had a vital connection with the father, but there were other people that needed to have and experience the relationship he had with God. There were other people that needed to experience that and he needed to be a part of that, not only for himself, but for them. And disciples understand the value of being committed to church to gathering, to worship. That's true discipleship. Jesus did it, and we should do it. It's a discipline in our life. Here's another discipline. We need to pray continually. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 says that Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And so Jesus taught over and over. He lived it by example, and he said it often. Keep the lines of communication open with your Father. Talk to the Lord. Pray all the time. Why? Because you always need to pray. You always need the Lord. And if you're not needing anything from Him, we always need to keep in adjustment to Him. Because a lot of times, what's going on in my world has a lot to do with what's going on in my own heart. And sometimes I just need to go and just talk about my problems and release my struggles and get my soul in right stead with Him. And so I need to develop a closet place. And some of these things that I'm talking about, we're going to be visiting these in a deeper way over the coming weeks. But I just want to show you some of the disciplines that were a part of Jesus' life. That if I'm following Jesus, these are going to be a part of my life. Here's another one that was a part of Jesus' life. Join a small group immediately. Jesus had his 12. He fed the masses. He taught the multitudes, he discipled the twelve, and then he had more intense times of relational dependence with just three others. So, I need church, I need fellowship, but I also need partnership, and I need camaraderie, and I also need sometimes a shoulder to cry on. Or sometimes I need to be a shoulder that someone can cry on. 
Because Christianity and being a disciple isn't all about me just walking with Jesus. I, remind, I want to remind you, it's not do it yourself all by yourself, but do yourself what Jesus showed you you could do. And the next time small groups come around, because we're in summer, get in one. Amen. And just so you don't think I'm done with disciplines, I got one more. Give and serve joyfully. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. You've experienced the blessing, the power, the grace of God in your life, and I know you have. Then Jesus said, what you get, you give. And do it joyfully. Do it courageously. Do it boldly. You see sick people, touch them and heal them. Come on. Heal the sick. Are there untouchables out there in your life? Do like Jesus did. You touch them. Nobody else have anything to do with them. You have something to do with them. You cleanse the leper. There are people that are foul. There are people that their lives are completely messed up and they're, they're just no fun to be around. You cleanse them. Don't bring them to me to cleanse. You cleanse them. If they've got demons in them, some do. You cast them out. What Jesus has done for you, you do. These are disciplines. You know why we don't do them? Because we don't do them. But if you'll read your Bible, then you've read your Bible. If you'll spend time in prayer with the Lord, then you can say, I pray. If you go to church, then you went to church. If you cast out a devil, then you cast out a devil. The only reason why we don't do them is that we don't do them. Jesus said, these things you see me do, you shall do. If I don't do them, it's because I don't do them. So, the essentials of discipleship are total devotion to Jesus, being trained in the disciplines of Christ, which if I'm stepping into that, then this third and final thing of, a, of an essential is that we take, we take dominion in Christ. Now, I want to remind you that Jesus didn't come to just set up discipleship courses in churches. And Jesus didn't come to just tell us to have discipleship classes where you memorize scripture and then you try to lead a boring life. Discipleship is discipline and it is devotion, but really what it really is is for the purpose of stepping into the dominion of Christ. I couldn't wait to get to this point because this is where the rubber meets the road. 
And I want to go back now, and I want us to look at it in the New Living Translation, but I want you to see what Jesus' words in John 14. He said, I tell you the truth. Anyone, everybody say anyone. Anyone who believes in me, not any apostle or any prophet or any spiritually elite person or anybody who's been in this at least 25 years, He said, anyone who believes in me, anyone who believes, the only qualifier is that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what sets you apart. If you are a believer in Jesus, if you've given your heart to him, if he has come to set up rule and reign in your life, you're the anyone. And he said, anyone who believes in me will do Well, before we get to greater, it's coming. (laughs) We'll do what kind of works? The same. The same works that I have done. And here we go. And even greater. Because I'm going to my Father. Go on to the next slide and you and you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father let's just stop right there yeah okay let's read this yes and ask yes ask me for anything in my name and I will do it we get bored with the idea of discipleship But it is the most, according to these words of Jesus, the most thrilling life that there is. It's about stepping into the dominion of Jesus. That's what true discipleship is. Where I take hold of the dominion of Christ. And I just want to remind us what these verses said. All believers are to carry on and will carry on the work that Jesus began. Anyone who believes in me will do the same things, the same works that I have done. You, DIY discipleship. Do it yourself. Jesus is saying, you can, you can do what I did. But you got to do it. Amen. And then he said, all believers will do greater works. Now there's a difference of opinion on different people about what the greater works are. I don't know that Jesus is speaking, this this would be my opinion, I don't know that Jesus is saying that we're going to do more significant things than he did. I mean, he did walk on the water, he did raise, recorded three people from the dead, and John said he did so many miracles, he said there's not enough volumes of books that can be written of everything that he did. So I don't know that Jesus is saying, you're going to do more significant things than I did. 
but the scope of what you're going to do is going to be greater than what I did. In this, think of it. Jesus was only in ministry three and a half years. He was 30 years of age when the Holy Spirit came on him. And for three and a half years, John said the things that he did could not be contained in all the volumes, though they were written. I mean, he did a lot. And he did some pretty awesome things. But he said, you're going to do greater in this. When I'm out of here, I go to the Father. I'm going to pour out my Holy Spirit. And it's not just me. It's every one of you. And you're going to go out of this place and you're going to spread throughout the whole world. Every one of you are going to be like me in your world. In your culture. In your city. At your school. And the greater works will flourish the more this in scope there, that's the, Jesus incarnate in every one of us. I mean, it's just going to be powerful. It's the way it's supposed to be. But we've settled on a Christianity that shows up to church and leaves ministry up to somebody else. When Jesus, all this place is to be, really, it's a place of worship, it's a place of equipment so that we're all getting released into our world in Jesus. So that we can do what Jesus has been doing. And the only reason why we don't do it is because we don't do it. And here's what Jesus said, and I'm going to close with this. He said, all you have to do is ask. What? Isn't that what he said? And I, I, I'm a conditional kind of guy, so I've read other verses of Scripture where Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you will. And so it's like, oh, okay, so i got to abide in Jesus when I ask. But I just notice here there's really no condition. There's really not a Well, the, the, the one condition in my name, you ask, any, you ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. Yes, he said. Ask. What are you asking for? What do you want the Lord to do in and through your life? The only reason why we're not doing the works of Jesus is because we've settled on this idea, that's not for me, that's too big, that was Jesus stuff, or that's that person's stuff. And I'm telling you, Jesus is saying, I want some disciples who are going to come all the way with me. We're going to go all the way. We're, we're not going to settle for half. We're going all the way. And really, you can do the same things I've been doing. And all you need to do is start asking. Discipleship is to love Jesus first. Learn of Jesus every day. And then go out and live in the dominion of Christ yourself. Amen. What are you living for? Let's all stand together. I mean, if you're going to live, what are you living for? Who are you living with? I'm going to ask the prayer team to come. And we're getting ready to close here at the...
prayer ministry team would come. If you are here today and you would like to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you can come up here and be prayed with. And if you physically need a touch of the Lord, they will pray with you. But if you're here too and you're just needing God's direction in your, in your walk with Him, and you don't know what to do, and you don't know where to go, I believe the Lord has some answers for you today. And so I'm going to pray a prayer of dismissal. When I'm done praying, you're free to go, but if you need ministry, you can come up here, okay? So Father, we thank you for your word today. I pray, God, that your word would enter into our heart, and God, that we would not forget the things that you are saying to us today. I pray, God, that we rise up to a a greater level of discipleship in our lives, Lord, where we're not just going through the motions, but that we're in the momentum of your Spirit. We want momentum, not motion. God, we, we, we want to go after you. We want to be all about what you're all about. And I pray for us, Lord, no matter how new we are to the faith or how long we've lived in it, I pray, God, that we will go deeper with you. And that we will go further in you. Father, I pray that you would draw right now anyone in this room who needs special prayer. God, help them to have the courage to step out and to receive that now, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day.